is up, everyone? Welcome to another week of the most fabulous podcast in this green universe. Green, I don't know why, but <laughs> this universe. <laughs> Kevin, what is it? It is TV channeling. <laughs> we are on the other side of episode 100. This is episode 101. I'm so excited. It, it feels different when you're on the other side, doesn't it? It does. We're in the we're deep in the triple digits now, Tachi. I am super excited. I don't know about deep, but we're in the triple digits. We're in the triple digits. <laughs> wow. I, I was about so... to go into the story again about how many episodes we actually have, but I won't go there again. Well, because you've done a wonderful job of actually fixing that. So thank you, Kevin. Oh, you're so welcome. Yes, now you can, now you can actually listen to every episode of TV Channeling from episode 1 to 101. They're all laid out perfectly, plus all the bonus episodes that we stupidly didn't number. And thank again, thank you so much, because God knows I wasn't going to do it. So thank you, <laughs> Kevin, you're for spending welcome. your time. It was just going to stay episode one or 108 or whatever. So thank you for that. Kevin, what do we have on tap for the lovely audience today? Okay, I'm super excited because we're doing something we have never done. Never. On TV channeling before. We're, we're having a brand new segment, a brand new kind of episode. You know, you love our top fives. You love our, was it, wor- was it hype worthy? You love that. But we're doing something new for the very first time. And I'm going to ask the question to Tachi that all of you are going to want to ask her. And that question is, will you watch it? And so what Tachi and I... (laughs) What Tachi and I are going to do is we're going to watch the trailers for several new shows coming to a streaming service near you this spring, and we will decide if, in fact, we will watch it. All right, so our first victim, Tachi, I believe is Rutherford Falls from uh, the Peacock Network. So tell us about who's in it. Yes. Okay, so there are a menagerie of individuals in it, and Kevin is actually going to give us a synopsis after I talk about this. So the cast is Ed Helms as Nathan Rutherford, Jana Schmilding, I think, is it Schmiding, Schmiding? I I apologize. I think it's Schmilding, but I'm not sure. Okay, as Reagan Wells, Michael Grayeyes as Terry Tarbell, Jesse Lee as Bobby Lang, and Dustin Milligan as Josh Kogan. I probably should have said who they are, but I think you'll probably get to that once you give the description. All right. And so the show is going to be premiering on April 22nd on the April Peacock. 22nd. Yes, on the Peacock Network. All right. Streaming mm-hmm. service, I should say. A small town in the Northeast is turned upside down when a local legend and namesake, Nathan Rutherford, played by Ed Helms, fights the moving of a historical statue. All right, Tachi, what did you think of the trailer for Rutherford Falls? Uh, it, it's very interesting. It's uh, supposed to be a town in Rutherford Falls, New York. I'm guessing that's like upstate New York. Basically, anything that's not New York City is upstate New York. And it's it's interesting because there's this whole Native American reservation 
aspect to it. So one of the characters, Michael Gray Eyes, I, I'm I'm assuming that's how he says his name because it's spelled Gray Eyes, and it makes yeah. sense because that is a Native American name, uh, or indigenous name. So he plays Terry Tarbell, who is the local casino owner. Now, I get I don't know how I feel about this. It's true there are many casinos on uh, Native American reservations. It makes sense, but I'm like, did he have to be a casino owner? You know what I'm? I'm torn because I'm loving the fact that there are Native American actors and yeah, that are actually regulars on the show that are regulars on the show because that does not happen ever. So on one hand, I'm like, kudos Peacock for doing that, but on the other hand, I'm like. Again, I have not watched the show. I haven't watched anything but the trailer, so I don't. And I suppose this is something we could review if we want, because we do. We probably do have access. So I, I torn because I want for depictions to go beyond. Oh well, they own a casino. It's. A, I want it to go beyond that, and I'm not saying it doesn't. Maybe it does because I haven't watched the show yet. But upon first look, I'm like, oh. Well, the interesting part about that is there is also a there's a Native American woman who seems to be Ed Helms's friend. And Ed Helms has a museum dedicated to his family's legacy and the his forebearer who was the founder of the town. And so she actually wants to have a Native American cultural center and she's getting no support from anybody. So she actually goes to Gray Eyes, the casino owner, trying to get some support from him for this, uh, for the uh, center. And he seems to not be having it. And they have a funny interaction where he says to her that, you know, you seem smart. Uh, I'm guessing lots of college, not Ivy League, (laughs) but so close it drives you crazy exactly northwest (laughs) so i thought that was hysterical well you know and it does have that feel of it it doesn't make it it makes perfect sense because it does have the feel of like the office and uh brooklyn parks and rec Parks and Rec. Yeah, it has that whole Amy Schumer uh, and, and uh, Tina, Tina Fey. I think is an executive producer of it. She is, right, exactly. So it has that type of which is like, wow, Tina Fey. And I love Tina Fey, but I'm like, are these the only types of things you do? But I guess if this is what you do well, you if it ain't broke, it. don't fix if it. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. So she's sticking with this type of comedy, single camera comedy, and I guess it's working for her. And so, yeah, I um, this is this is an interesting thing. This writer's room for this particular show features the largest indigenous writing staff on American television. Half of the writers are of indigenous air heritage, which is phenomenal. That never happened. Never. And, yeah, kudos to NBC Universal and to Peacock to really making uh, sure that that and of course it wasn't just them but everybody involved to making certain that that happened so that there is true representation so i you know what i i i will wait to see because there were some great moments like wait though the the i think the very final moment they they were in the car uh terry turnbull and um reagan wells were in the car 
And he, he, what did he say? See, it doesn't always pay to be friends with white people. Oh, was that like, was the you... best line. <laughs> and, <laughs> I was and, like, did you then, really just say that? And then, and then she, and then the uh, the Ed Helms friend, who's a neighbor, shows, mm-hmm, kind of, yeah, yep, kind of exactly. thing. That was, I thought that was amazing. That was absolutely it, it was. amazing. It was, and it's kind of like the conversations that our head had when other people are not in the room. It kind of gives you a a look into that, which is really interesting. But you know, at first I'm like, "What? Wow, really? That you just said?" <laughs> but yes. I I found. I think this trailer was actually hilarious. I, I'm always sensitive to depictions of of groups. So I want I'm very happy to know that at least half of the writer's room is um indigenous. So hopefully that means some, you know, some depictions that are truthful. And again, this is not a drama, so it's a comedy. So I can see that they're poking fun at the oh, of course he's gonna be a casino owner because that's what they do. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think so they're I gonna can kind of take some of those that. stereotypes and turn them on their head, maybe. A- exactly, exactly. So I'm interested to see what what's gonna happen. What about you, Kevin? I've been like talking about this. Okay, one thing I was gonna Go say ahead, you, you mentioned think? depictions and I wonder about how many gay people were in the writer's room because there is uh, a scene in the trailer where the mayor wants to move the statue of Ed Helms, I guess, great, 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 great grandfather. Right. And because right. it's in the middle of the road and it's actually a hazard because people keep crashing into this statue. So it was, that was very poor city planning whenever they put that statue up. But anyway, Ed Helms is tr- uh, telling her or uh, trying to convince her not to move the statue. And he's saying that it's history. And he goes, you can't change history unless you have a time machine. And so he's standing next to some <laughs> gay assistant. And the assistant says, he goes, and, and we know you don't have a time machine. Because if you did, you would go back in time and tell yourself not to buy that blazer. And so I just no, felt I like, know. <laughs> I just felt like, is that, do they, I mean, is there any other type of gay that isn't making fun of people's outfits um, in a comedy? And so I kind of, that made me cringe when he's because i knew something like that was going to come out of his mouth the moment they showed him i'm like he's going to say something about her clothes or her hair or something like that and of course he did and so i kind of feel like okay you have all this native american representation which is amazing and awesome but you maybe get a couple of extra gay writers to come up with a different kind of uh joke for the gay character on the show to say Right. And because whenever there's a gay character, it's always painfully obvious that they're, quote, gay or stereotypical gay because they're always very flamboyant. It's always about clothing, hair. It's always, you know what I'm saying? Exactly. So it's never, it's not a deep depiction. And again, this is a comedy. So I, I get it. Um, But I think we also, in in the interest of pushing comedy i think we also have to be very sensitive to the fact that sometimes these things reinforce stereotypes so i want to be very careful with that i'm not a writer for this show what do i know but yeah i feel you on the cringy part of it all right so it's time for me to ask you the question our brand new Mm -hmm. question tachi so when it comes to peacock's rutherford falls will you watch it I am definitely going to watch the premiere episode and see how I feel about it because I'm interested in the whole storyline, the plots, the characters. I I want to see where it goes. So I definitely am going to watch at least the pilot episode and see how I feel after that. 
So I guess I need to ask you the same thing. When it comes to peacocks, is that the noise a peacock made? <laughs> okay. Let's pretend that's what, that's, that's what pretend peacocks that's sound like. Peacock makes. Yes. When it comes to peacocks, Rutherford Falls, will you watch it? Like you. I have to at least watch the first one because, again, this never happens. Half of the writing staff being Native American. Yeah, when they were writing all those episodes back in the day of Bonanza and every other Western, when, uh, yeah, there was there were no Native Americans on the writing staff of anything with, quote-unquote, Native American characters. So the idea, A, you have a show that has multiple Native American characters that are regulars on a show – and have it be written by half the staff being Native American, there's no way I'm not going to watch at least the first one. And I'll I'll judge further by then. But, uh, but I have to watch the first one because there was one thing that was really funny at the beginning when you see Ed Helms has this museum dedicated to his great-great-great-great-grandfather. Uh, and there's a, a, a school children, like little kids, like around five or six, are touring, and he's showing, him, showing them a statue of his great-great-grandfather. And um, he says, do you see the resemblance? And so the teacher says, oh, yeah, I see the resemblance around the chin and the shoulders and chest area and probably other places. And then Ed Helms is like, uh, thank you. And so in front of all these kids. And so I just her her unabashed lust right in front of all her school children was just too funny. So I got to watch the first one. Absolutely. That's a very Tina Fey thing, too. It was very I Tina. Like. I could feel Tina as as that line was being read. All right. So let's go on to our second uh, television show. It is something from Stars, right? Yes, it is from Stars. It is called Run the World. Brings to mind uh, one song by Beyonce who run the world. Just, it might have had something to do with the title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I, I'm. Let's see what this is about. So, run the world. Let's talk about who is in this, and then you'll tell us a little bit about the plot and other things. So, the cast is Amber Stevens West, who plays Whitney, Andrea Bordeaux as Ella. Brisha Webb as Renee, Corbin Reed as Sandy, Tosin Mohorhunfola as Ola, and Stephen Bishop, sorry, Stephen Bishop as Matthew. And there are a couple of recurring roles too. Now, Erica Alexander, who you'll know from Living Single, she played Max on Living Single. She is Barb and she has a recurring role. And Nick Sagar. Jay Walker, and they have a guest, I guess, who's uh, recurring at some point, uh, Tanya Pinkins. So the interesting thing is the person who uh, is the producer and showrunner is Yvette Lee Bowser. And if I'm not mistaken, she had something to do with uh, Living Single. Living Single. single. Yeah, Living Single. As well as there's one of the producers is also from uh, Dear White People, the Netflix series. Yes, yes, from Dear White. Yes, yes. Yvette Lee Bowser from uh, Dear. And it's uh, produced. It's also together with Lionsgate Television. So, yes, in fact, Yvette Lee Bowser did create Living Single. So there you go. All right, so let me give you guys a synopsis. A group of four black, vibrant, fiercely loyal best friends who work 
live, and play in Harlem as they strive for world domination. So, Tachi, what did you think of the trailer for Stars Run the World? I mean, where else would you strive for world domination but Harlem? If you don't know Harlem, get to know Harlem. It is an awesome place full of power and culture and history. And really, when you think about it, they are the epitome of young Harlem. So what happens is a lot of people move to New York, you know, because they're working in media or they're working in finance. And if especially a lot of young black uh, well, millennials, millennials, and now probably starting to be Gen, Gen Z, Gen Z, right? But uh, definitely millennials. And then before that, when if you were moving to New York and you were black, you looked at Harlem. Harlem, first of all, was going to be more affordable than uh, initially than some other places in New York City in Manhattan. But it also is where the culture was. It's also where you could go and get soul food, but you could also go and get a smoothie and you could still do that now. Harlem is just awesome. So it's so I feel like Harlem is going to be a character in this. Just the brownstones. I you you understand this because you look at homes and housing. Oh my god, I have watched so many videos of brownstone tours on YouTube. Yeah, I know brownstones. Oh my gosh, and I've got to share some with you because there are some amazing ones that I know about. But anyway, bringing that here, you th- we don't go really too deep into the the uh, decorating and everything in the brownstones, but we do see the outside of them. And they're so stately, and they have so much history behind them so as soon as i saw that i like kind of like i exhale whenever i feel comfortable with something like home you know and i feel like that every time i'm in new york especially new york in the summer and i'm i get off the subway and i'm going to you know meet some people or whatever i always feel like oh my gosh this feels so good so it that show get uh, conjures that feel good spirit in me now i don't know that it's good from a hole in the wall but just the the fact that the characters are in Harlem and they're four friends and they're trying to just live life, that already conjures up some great nostalgia for me, a la living single (laughs) days. What about you, Kevin? Well, one of the one of the things the trailer opens up with to give you a a, a vibe of what the show is like. Um, these twenty uh, somethings are all hanging out around some pool in a spa. They're wearing their sunglasses. They're looking insanely good. And uh, one of them asked the question, uh, "Are we in a state right now? In a state as of uh, in a state as black women?" And one of her friends replies, I'm trying to be in a state of relaxation and you are totally killing the vibe. And so I love that interaction. I love the idea of a group of female black friends. And because of the fact that this show is one of the creators is, uh, uh, you know, was a part of living single. I think people are going to instantly compare it to Living Single, also because, you, like you mentioned, the actress who played Max is a part of it. But honestly, when you look at this trailer, I got the strongest thing I thought was this is the 
uh, heir apparent to Sex in the City. This is Sex in the City, yes. the next generation. I absolutely mm-hmm. felt that. You have a lot of stuff going on in these. The, the friends all have different issues. One of the friends is having an affair with one of her faculty advisors. And um, if that comes out, she could actually be kicked out of school. Another one is in the process of getting a divorce. Uh, another one is breaking up with the only boyfriend that she's ever had and the only man she's ever had sex with. And so they're all in this state of flux and anything is possible for them at that moment in time in their life. And they're in this city that is opening up to them. They are so beautiful, but they're very diverse. They're different types of women. They they look different. They're all black women, but they're different types of black women, different looking black women. And um, I thought it was really an interesting mix, the kind of friends and the kind of uh, issues they seem to have just revealed in the trailer. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. And the thing is, it's so relatable for a lot of young I, I I'm not even just going to say young black women they happen to be young black women but you know th- this is relatable I think for groups of friends who are going through a transition in life because you're in your 20s you just probably have just gotten out of college not too long before and now you're trying to navigate life as not a college student, right? You you know what you are not. You are no longer a college student. So you need to find a way to pay bills and, and navigate relationships and all those things. And it's so different when once you get out of school. So I completely understand. And it's, it's funny because it kind of reminds me of, like I had a group of friends that I used to hang around. Like there were four of us. There were more, but the main four of us, we were like core. And so- it kind of reminds me of that. So I think this is going to conjure up a lot of nostalgia amongst people. And I think I, I, I don't understand. Let me just say this. I don't understand why more, uh, comedies slash dramas surrounding friendships with black women have not been on there because we're absolutely amazing and our stories are so compelling so i'm like you just now are discovering how amazing we are how very dare you so i think this is going to resonate really big because remember we're losing insecure that's centered around like four friend, well, two core, but there's a, f- a friend group of four. So we're losing insecure. Um, we have uh, 20s, which is uh, a Lena Waithe production, uh, which is in there. And that's centered around three uh, women and young women in their 20s. So, and now, you know, we have this. So I think that producers are starting to wake up to the fact that, oh, they do exist. Well, I hope that that when this is marketed, that this isn't just thought of as a black show, because just just like Sex and the City had four white friends, that show was embraced by all kinds of people, all kinds of women. And a a lot of gay men love the show as well. A lot of people, period, love that show. And so I feel like if they market the show correctly, that people will feel like, no, this isn't just for black women that are friends there are women that are friends that are going through the 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 flux part of your life where you're trying to figure out who you are and where you're going to go and it's interesting because of who they are and their dynamic but it's not just blocked off to only be a quote-unquote black thing it's a friendship thing it's an evolving it's a discovery thing it's a taking on the city kind of thing 
Absolutely. But you know, I fear that it is going to be pigeonholed as a quote, black show, number one, because of society and the way we think. But number two, look at the network it's on. It's on stars. Uh, stars has had a lot of success with power. And now what is the name of this show? Ghost, which is like the sequel to it or ghost. Fate, a prequel. Whatever I think it is. Isn't it ghost? It's the, the prequel? prequel. Yeah. Sorry. Yes. It's the prequel to uh, power. So it's, it's power. Stars has now, because of those two juggernauts, has been positioned as a network where that is very friendly towards black shows. So I feel like if it was on another network, that perhaps what you're saying could be true. But I fear that it's going to be relegated to, in a way, which is okay, which is which is okay. But I, like you, would like to see it have a wider audience. But I don't know that that's going to be the case on Stars. And by the way, it debuts May sixteenth. Also, there's a guy who I feel might end up being the Mister Big of this show because he mm. has he has this kind of line that was so kind of. I'm thinking like, wait a minute, am I getting like Billy D. Williams in like uh uh. Uh, mahogany kind of vibes when yes. he says to this one character when she talks about falling and um, the feeling of falling and being afraid to fall again and then he says what makes you think that the next time you uh, jump off a cliff you won't uh, you won't uh, fall instead of fly I mean, and you won't fly instead of fall and just like wait what who says that? It just cover what? Okay, yeah, I guess you are the main love interest if you're saying stuff like that. Um, so, so it'll be interesting to see if this is his. I hadn't seen him before, but I feel like that's the kind of line, and you and you can deliver it with a straight face and be serious. I believe people will swoon when they hear him say that to her, and so uh, it'll be interesting to see if this is his jumping off point and he turns into a big star. But this show, to me, just from the trailer it seems to have a lot of the right elements and just the joy i don't know how i don't i know some shows uh have done and movies have done this kind of thing where when you have a uh actors they're supposed to be friends or have a bond where they will send them somewhere even with the cast of friends what they did was the producers sent them before the first show even aired they sent them to las vegas while they were still nobodies go and have fun and get to know each other and become friends. And they went off and experienced it together and had this really great bonding experience. But just in the trailer, these felt like they were actually friends. Sometimes you see shows where people are supposed to be friends and they feel like, no, these are people that were cast to play friends. Mm, and that's just, an excellent point yeah i absolutely got the vibe and like these women feel like they know each other and like each other and so i wonder if they did something i'd love to see some interviews about behind the scenes and did they all like meet together or because of the age of covid when was this filmed did they have to be quarantined in a hotel or something together because they felt tight mm-hmm, mm-hmm. absolutely absolutely and there's no amount of acting that can fake that all right, so. Tachi, I think it's time for me to ask the question. So, when it comes to stars, run the world. Will you watch it? Okay, so let's talk on hypotheticals here. Hypothetically, oh, stars, here we go. I <laughs> I would be all up in run the I would be running this world. But <laughs> alas, I don't have stars unless of course Stars would like to gift me with a subscription or something so that I could, you know. <laughs> but it it does seem great. I would I would totally watch this. 
I totally okay, well, maybe if there's it. a free preview weekend, maybe. Yeah, you know what? Okay, hit me up for a free preview weekend. Stars does that often. So yeah, hopefully they do it during a free preview weekend, or maybe there's a free trial. I will definitely, uh, I will definitely watch if that is the case. So I need to ask you the same question, dear Kevin. When it comes to stars, stars, stars. <laughs> <laughs> what however you say it the plural of stars uh or the possessive of stars run the world are you oh no will you watch it <laughs> we're still getting the kinks out this is new um yeah. <laughs> for me the answer is yes i really I, I i have been looking for a sex in the city show since sex in the city ended i was a sex, sex in the city stand i watched every episode of it didn't like the movies at all but i loved the show <laughs> and so I'm I'm here for it. I love the idea that it's based in Harlem. It's the funny thing is when you talked about the fact that like Harlem is more affordable. I'm like, wait a minute, is doesn't Neil Patrick Harris live in Harlem now? So I don't you know how used to be used quote to be. unquote and- affordable. Yeah, <laughs> affordable for who? But anyway, yeah, but more affordable than Manhattan. I'm sure still even today, even though it's still outrageously right. expensive, it's less outrageously expensive than Manhattan. But right. um. Uh, yeah, I I gotta check this out. This this looks like it's super fun, and it's starting at the perfect time. This feels like a summer show, and so as as Ooh. we start to heat up more, I, there's a the, at the very end of the trailer we see the women kind of like just bounding out of this brownstone, all looking super fly in this like summer outfits. These summer something about women in summer dresses and in those what is that like onesie type thing that women wear during the summer that's like um it's like, like a pants, romper it's like, that's it it's like short pants and a top all in one or whatever yeah um, it's a romper <laughs> anyway it can look super sexy on the right woman and they look so sexy they look so fun and um i'm here for it i absolutely want to see where these women go and if the if the trailer is if the show is if the show is as good as the trailer I'm watching every episode. The trailer was phenomenally done. I'm just it hoping really that it, it can be as good as that. So we'll we'll see. Fingers crossed. All right. Fingers crossed so, I get a free trial. Yes. <laughs> or I'll just tell you all about it. Uh, I'll do I'll do spoilers. <laughs> all right. And so our next our next uh trailer is actually from Disney Plus. So tell us a little bit about who's uh some of the voice talent or something, if you know anything about it. Yes, this is Star Wars. The Bad Batch. And this is actually going to be an animated series, as Kevin says, and it was created by Dave Filoni for Disney+. Plus. Now, let's talk about the casting characters. Dee Bradley Baker is going to be all of the clone troopers in the series, including the members of the Clone Force 99 slash Bad Batch. That's Hunter, Wrecker, Tech, Crosshair, and Echo, and also Captain Rex. So Ming Not Wen is is Fennec Shand, who is an elite mercenary and sniper. Stefan Stanton is going to be Grand Moff Tarkin, who's a high-ranking Imperial officer, and Andrew Cascino as Saw Guerrera, who's a freedom fighter with the tie with ties to the Rebel Alliance. So tell us more about it, Kevin. 
The Bad Batch of elite and experimental clones make their way through an ever-changing galaxy in the immediate aftermath of the Clone Wars. All right, Tachi, what did you think of the trailer for Disney Plus's Star Wars The Bad Batch? So really interesting. Uh, this is one to me that you really have to have an understanding of the Star Wars universe. Universe, yeah. To, yeah, to get what this is about. And, you know, I'm more of a Star Trek girl than I am a Star Wars girl. But if you know a little bit about it, it is helpful. So maybe do a little bit of back research to understand this whole The Clone Wars thing, to understand it. I was not a huge fan of the animation in this I was expecting something a little more anime-ish that gives you the feeling of reality without actually being reality. And this, for me, it was clear that it was animated, right? And I know you want it to be animated, but I wasn't a fan of the animation. I don't know how you felt about it. Wow, you know, it's like I, I will, I, it was, it's very stylized looking. And I love that feeling of having, like, there's an artist behind it. There's a visual perspective that I really liked the look of the characters. The angularness of their features was, I thought, really interesting looking. And, um, like you, I am a Star Trekker, not a Star Wars person. I've watched the Star Wars movies. I think you kind of have to. You don't have really option not to if you live in this country. So I've seen all the movies, but I did not see the the, the series um, that this is, the, I guess, the follow-up to or the a story that's set after the, the series The Clone Wars, the animated series The Clone Wars. That series had a huge following and a lot of success, but I never got around to watching it because I don't think I had the channel that uh, – the, the Disney channel. I think it was Disney XD or something that had that show, and I never got around to seeing it because I didn't have the channel at the time. But – um this looks interesting to me i like the concept because the concept seems to be that um the empire has made these different kinds of clones and they made it like an elite force the idea that th that these this small group can literally they are so badass that they can take on an army but the problem is that they aren't seem to be taking orders like a clone like a good clone is supposed to and all of a sudden they go from being you know the the darlings of the empire to being hunted by the empire that they were created to fight for mm -hmm. and Hence so bad batch the, exactly they're the bad batch so <laughs> <laughs> and so i actually like the premise and they seem to they they encounter some plucky young girl and they and some badass female assassin and um and they're all kind of like this ragtag crew of trying to a survive and i don't know what they're going to do if they're going to actually try and help the rebels or not i don't know i'm i'm super fascinated by the fact that all of the bad batch is voiced by one actor because the voices sound very different now they're all british for some reason that's one thing i've always loved about the star wars universe that there's so many people that have british accents for just no apparent reason but anyway um so the bad batch all has like these different varying cockney accents and so uh, i'm here for it i thought the accents were cool and interesting and i'm even more impressed knowing it's just one guy doing all of them and um where the story's gonna go i'm like you i'm curious to see if 
in the first episode, will they kind of set up the story for people who don't don't know what's going on that didn't watch the last the Clone War series? Will we get a standalone story that'll make sense to people that just enter at this point in time? Because that would be me. Um, so I'm curious about that. At one point, there are things like the 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 the, the guys are on these like hover bikes, and um, just there's hover bikes. <laughs> They're badass. I just like, I, yeah, this, they got me. They got me. I can't even play. I just, this, this looks so fun. It looks fun enough to watch the first one. So if they, if they, if they do this as a continuation of the last series and you just, they're, you're thrown in. And if you don't know who people are, then you just don't know who people are. Then I, it's not for me. And I'll tap out after the first couple minutes. But if I actually see it and they start this as a brand new story and let me learn where the, what's happening in the star Wars galaxy at this particular point in time and uh what their motivations are and then i think i could get into it because like i said before i think it's just impressive looking also the world as far as the world there's these shots uh where we see like a uh, some planets and the planets look gorgeous the backgrounds the background art of the world that they're inhabiting i think is really interesting looking so i'm 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 curious about it so again i think i know where you're coming down so i won't even make us talk about it anymore other than to say it's time for me to ask you the question because i already know the answer but tachi (laughs) when it comes to disney plus's star wars the bad batch (laughs) will you watch it so let's talk in hypotheticals here oh dear god (laughs) (laughs) hypothetically if i had the disney channel if i had disney plus I probably would watch at least the first episode. I think what they're going to need to do, I, it, it it remains to be seen whether or not this is for true fans or this is something, as you said, that anybody can walk in at any point and be engulfed in the story. That's really what it's going to be about. So it's going to be, I'm interested to see whether or not this is a really for fandom, for true fans, or if this is for everyone. If it's for everyone, then they're going to need to do something to catch you up (laughs) so that you understand where you're going. But if it's not, and it's for fans, they'll be like, well, to hell with you, you should have watched Clone Wars and and, and then leave you to your own devices. <laughs> I would be interested in watching the first episode if I had access because I do hang around with some guys that are very heavy uh, into Star Wars and all things sci-fi. Uh, uh, we actually do a live stream periodically, so... This is probably going to be required watching. So oh, yeah, they're going to be talking about it. They're going to be talking about it. So I'm, I'm interested to see at least what the pilot episode is like, per, uh, provided I can get access to a Disney Plus trial. Kevin, when it comes to Disney Pluses, I was about to say The Clone Wars, but The Bad <laughs> Batch. Will you? No, it, that's not it. It's will will you, you watch, watch it? it. <laughs> and yeah, I think I already answered. The answer is yes. One thing I am curious about, I, I feel the exact same way you do. I can't believe it Um, that I'm going to watch the first one. And if they basically let me just enter that point of the story where they either give me backstory and explain what's happening in the world 
um, and let me get involved with it at, at that point, then I'm there for it. But if it just moves in and assumes that you know everything that's happening because you watch the other series, then yeah, I'll, I'm going to bounce. But I will say what's interesting is um, the character you mentioned, Grand Moth, um, was played by Peter Cushing's in the uh, in the original Star Wars uh, trilogy, and they actually resurrected him digitally and had him. Uh, they actually had him in, um, I believe it was uh, what was it called? Star Wars Rogue One. I think they brought him back Rogue in Rogue One, One. Mm-hmm. and his mm-hmm. family was not happy that they had you know they had blended him and like made him into like a you know a digital puppet or whatever and so i wonder how they feel about um an animated version of him versus the the cgi quote-unquote animated version of him how they're feeling about this his character still being a part of the star wars universe so long after his death still using his likeness even though this is an animated version of him um i'm curious to i'd be curious to find out how they feel because they were so upset and they tried to fight disney when they used him before so i wonder how they would they feel about this but as far as i'm concerned uh for me i would definitely check out the first one and see how it what it's like Mm, so would i all right all right tachi so what is the next uh show we're talking about i believe it's an amazon prime show this is an amazon prime show that is going to premiere on may 14th it is actually called the underground railroad not to be confused with underground the series that was on i can't remember the network but that was on before uh the critically acclaimed series this is the underground railroad wgn was what that of the network thank you thank you i was trying to remember i was like i knew it was one of those other it was wgn thank you so let's talk a little bit about the cast so there are a lot of recurring i'll just give you the main ones uh the main characters Tuso Mbedu as Cora Randall, Chase W. Dillon as Homer, Aaron Pierre as Caesar, and Joel Edgerton as Ridgeway. And then again, there are a lot of there's a whole list of other recurring characters and actors as well. So tell us a little bit about what the Underground Railroad is about, please. All right. A young woman named Cora makes an amazing discovery during her attempt to break free from slavery in the Deep South. All right. You mentioned the cast. It is a it has to be a huge cast. In this trailer, we see so many actors. It looks like they spent a lot of money. And that is that is the key thing. The fact that they spent money on this. You, it is very difficult to do something historical like this and only have it with two characters and not spend money on it simply because of the system of enslaving required thousands of people. So to do it and not do it on a large scale would have been a misstep in my opinion. Yeah, there's uh, at one point in the trailer at the beginning, one character um, was wandering aloud. Where did they go? The ones that leave and never return. And I, I never thought of it until hearing that in the trailer is in a world where you are enslaved and you're trapped and then someone disappears or makes they they leave. 
did they get out? Did they get lynched? What is on the other side? Where is it? Do they they had so limited information about what the outside world looked like to where they were? Was there a such thing as freedom? Was there a, a was it like a myth? The idea that there was a place where where black people could be free? I just like I I, don't, I can't even fathom what people who were born into slavery who weren't legally allowed to learn how to read what they thought was out there or or, and if if say your mother brother cousin somebody you love escaped did they were they lynched were they killed did did they end up somewhere are they owned by somebody else or are they free did that help you go to sleep at night thinking that they were somewhere in some mystery utopia where uh there was no more slavery i just that honestly i was shocked how moved i was by this trailer Mm-hmm. I have, I, for a lack of a better term, a phobia for what I what I have called like black torture porn. Me where too. You, where we see these stories of black people, and again, not that these things didn't happen. These horrific truths of the history of uh, of of, of African Americans in this country is so dark and so horrific, and so these stories need to be told. I'm not saying they shouldn't be told. Um, I'm just saying for me, because of what we're going through right now, the images of seeing what like happened to George Floyd, we see so many images of people being uh, arrested, abused and killed by police officers on 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 the news every day. And the idea of sitting down to be entertained and watching stories of people with black and brown skin being brutalized, being beaten, being killed, being raped, being treated as livestock is something that I normally would not be interested in. But what I will say to this, the trailer's credit, is it gives us a glimpse of what these people are struggling to get to. And there is a scene where we see, and I'm not even sure if it's a fantasy or yeah. if it's something that actually gets a, a reached a place that's reached. There's Cora's character. We see her reach this like uh, this kind of uh, I, I guess like a, a little community that's formed, like a like kind of like an Amish type community, um, like on a farm, and they're all gathering together to break bread. And what really moved me is the thought that like, cause there's somebody says the line that like, you know, that nothing will be given, but everything can be earned. And the idea that normally after a long day's work, you're working for someone who's enslaving you, but the satisfaction of working together for a community where we are all equal and no one is beating us, no one is raping us, no one is torturing us, what that must be like. And the actress who plays Cora, her mm-hmm. eyes are so insanely piercing. Her gaze mm-hmm. is so hypnotic. I feel like she's looking past the camera, through it, directly at me, at my soul. I was so taken with her. And... um. 
there's she's being hunted by this particular this one man and i i feel like there's a lot there because she says something about the fact that he lost her mother and he won't stop until he gets me and so i wondered if he had a i i i don't want i don't know how to even phrase it because i want to say a relationship because Mm -hmm. she didn't have any choice or options if there was one she was being raped by him and so i'm actually wondering is cora his daughter maybe Mm. and she doesn't know that that the man who's hunting her is her actual father so i i don't know but i can't deny i'm fascinated and as far as the look of it it looks so expensive, Tachi. There's another sequence, which I, I don't know if it's a fantasy or if it actually takes place, where there's all, all these black people are at some dance and they're yes. dressed impeccably. Uh, it was so beautiful. It touched me. Uh, and again, the idea that these people found some kind of freedom. We do know that there were there were actually, you know, black cities black towns that actually did thrive for a time until people that were filled with hatred and jealousy destroyed those towns and communities. And so to see Cora get a glimpse of either in fantasy or in reality to reach a place where people that look like her are walking free, walking arm in arm, uh, living their lives, how amazing that must have been. So um, I'm giving away the ghost. I'm not even waiting for the question. Like, But I, again, these kinds of things are just something I normally can't watch. But there's something that feels so hopeful about it that if you can get through the dark parts, because I'm sure there's lots of dark parts, but what's on the other side, what the fight is for, and maybe seeing this character reach that. And I do think that she reaches it because there's a line that she says uh, about the fact that people that she left behind. And so I think that if she does reach freedom, she's not going to be content to enjoy that freedom. She's going to want to go back and bring others to freedom. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, again, Barry Jenkins uh, is the creator of this, and he also is uh, wrote the majority of the episodes, or, you know, actually, I shouldn't say that. He wrote uh, four episodes, uh, wrote f- two by himself, and co-wrote the other two, uh, or three. And then the the rest, Nate Parker has a hand in this, and there, uh, Allison Davis, Adrian Rush, Jihan Crowther, Jacqueline Hoyt. Those were all the writers uh, for these first 10 episodes of, um, excuse me, the Underground Railroad. And like you, there's so much that is going on today that I don't have the wherewithal to watch it. I'm not even watching the reality of the, the different cases and things that are happening now. I, I can't, today is supposed to be like the final day for, you know, in one of the, uh, in the, um, in, uh, the trial for the man who murdered George Thank you. Floyd. Yes, for George Floyd. Yes, uh, Derek Chauvin. Uh, that's today is supposed to be the final day. I haven't watched any of it simply because I cannot bring myself to go through that type of emotional torture 
it, it it is emotional torture. And so like you, I'm like, well, so for entertainment purposes, I want to sit down and watch something about slavery. So the thing is, I was really taken with the trailer as well. There has to be something in there that is not the story of the downtrodden for, for me to want to watch it. It has to be, like you said, hopeful. There has to be good story to it. It has to be complex. It has to go beyond the torture and the rape and everything. It has to go beyond that because beyond, and I think this is where a lot of movies that talk about enslaved Africans and the system of slavery, a lot, this is where a lot of them fail. They don't shape the enslaved people as humans. And they are absolutely humans. They had thoughts and feelings and things that they uh, aspired to. And we don't often get that. We, we get stories about their condition and not them. And I do understand from a historical standpoint, there is a lot that is lost. So sometimes we don't know, but there are things that we do know. And so the fact that there's a Cora the fact that there is uh, a, a, a Homer, the fact that there are named individuals that actually go through things, I think that's really important. And yeah, yeah, it's going to be difficult, but I think it's important. All right, Tachi, let's ask the question, because this is one of the hardest ones to review for me anyway. Um, so when it comes to Amazon Prime's vi- Amazon Prime videos... Underground Railroad, will you watch it? Well, I can't use the excuse of I don't have Amazon Prime video on this one. I actually do have it. But I am very interested to see how they cover all of the the different topics that come about in this, the things that were dealt with in the trailer. Uh, like you said, that that main actress who plays uh, Cora Tusombedu, I am really interested to see how she embodies Cora. So at, at least for the first one, I must watch. You know, it's not even, do I want it? It's a, I must watch this first one. And so I will say the same to you, even though it's going to be difficult. I'll say the, ask the same to you. When it comes to Amazon Prime videos, The Underground Railroad, will you watch it? Wow, you again, your your way you capital uh, you you capsulated it was so perfect. It's not that I want to watch it. I feel like I have to. I was so moved by this trailer. This actress who plays Cora, again, her eyes just she she is so hypnotic. This performance, it literally watching it, it felt like instead of watching like a theatrical thing i felt like almost like i was walking watching a documentary about slavery or something Mm. that's how transported just in the trailer i was by her performance this could be a star turn i just felt like just from what i've seen in like a three-minute trailer i was so moved i came away from it so moved um it's gonna be a hard watch but i feel like i have to watch it I feel like I have mm-hmm. to see this. And it was so smart the way they edited edited it and showed us that there is hope. There is light. There is when these people were struggling and risking their lives and losing their lives trying to get to this place called freedom. We get to see as an audience what that place looked like and what it must have been like for those people to the struggles they've been through and the things they've been through, the trauma that they've been through to reach that, to reach a place 
where they could actually be just be is just amazing to even think about. And I feel like the trailer really encapsulated that. And so I can't imagine that the show can't do it more. If it, it, what they gave us in three minutes, I just can't imagine what they can do with an actual series, a season. I feel like these stories need to be told. They're not easy to hear or see, but I feel like they need to be seen. And I feel like we need to experience it. And if it's done right and it's not just torture porn, um, there was a lot of controversy with another Amazon Prime show, uh, a horror fiction, you know, uh, uh, show called uh, Them. And I feel like that is absolutely the definition of torture porn. I have zero interest in watching that. But this, to me, is something entirely different. And um, I will be checking it out. And like you, I also have Amazon Prime Video. So, uh, yeah, I have no excuse not to watch it. So, <sighs> I, I actually look forward to hearing what you think about it. When we uh, Hopefully, we'll, we, may, we, may, we maybe we'll talk about it on the show. Yeah. All right. So let's go to our very last trailer, Tachi. Tell us a little bit, bit about who's in this last show that is a Peacock uh, uh, streaming service show. So if you know it's Peacock, you know it's a comedy. Uh, not necessarily, but this one happens to be a comedy. It's called Girls 5 Eva. I, that name is so difficult to say. But I know. I'm like... <laughs> Who came up with this name? But it's Girls 5 Eva. And let me tell you the who's in it, and then you can tell us about the show. So the main cast is Sarah Bareilles. I don't know if I'm saying her name right. As Dawn. Yes, Bareilles. Bareilles, okay. Sarah Bareilles as Dawn. Renee Elise Goldsberry as Wiki. And you'll know Renee Elise Goldsberry from... Hamilton. Hamilton. Fame. She was in the original cast of Hamilton. Paula yeah, now Pell, you know her from Hamilton fame, but for me, she will always be Evangeline from One Life to Live. Oh well, you know. Anyway, <laughs> Paula Pell as Gloria and Busy Phillips as Summer, and then we've also got some recurring roles: Ashley Park as Ashley. Daniel Breaker as Scott and Andrew Rennells Ren uh, as Kev. All right, Kev, go ahead and tell <laughs> us about the <this> show. <laughs> a one-hit wonder band from the 90s gets a second shot at fame when they're sampled by a young star. All right, Tachi, what did you think of the trailer for Girls 5 Ever? <laughs> I can't help but laugh just saying the name of the show. Um, uh, shake it to the left. Shake it to the right. <laughs> shake it. That's what it reminded me of. The, Sp the Spice Girls. Not that. Oh, not <laughs> oh no. Basically, the, the you're right. The premise is like if the Spice Girls were a one hit wonder, what, if they only had one hit, what would it be like if they were A, American and B, all of a sudden getting a second shot at being famous 20 years later? Speaking of 20 years later, there's I think the character is actually named Kev. There's a there's a scene where um. Uh, someone is telling him oh well you know uh girls five ever uh, uh around the back in the 99 99 uh 2000 they were actually a thing and so he responds uh i was a baby in 99 that's old school that makes me think of my mom's boobs i'm just like what what and so 
Yeah, so I think that he's supposed to be some hip-hop guy, and he samples something that he doesn't even know anything about, but it was actually a one-hit wonder girl group, and so because of that, his bigness, he ends up giving the, putting the spotlight back on this long-forgotten uh, one-hit wonder girl group, and this will give them a second shot. So we kind of, we kind of uh, revisit the girls where they are in life at this particular time uh, in 2021, and there's a really funny moment where uh renee ellis goldsberry is um we see her like doing an instagram live uh post and she and, she, and she's saying like uh, fr- uh from the from the runway to the runway uh fashion life and then all of a sudden you hear some guy yelling what the hell are you doing take that because because she, she has this glamorous scarf wrapped around her around her uh her neck and face and he goes what the hell are you doing you want to get sucked into a a, a into a turbine because she's like posing in front of a, a a private jet, and then she takes the scarf off and re- and the coat and reveals that she has a, one of those flight crew uh uh uh, uh jackets on those 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 dayglo vest, and so yeah, so she really is not living the the model life, the fashion life. She really is working on on, on an air at an airport on the tarmac, and um this is her chance to get back into you know the TRL kind of. Uh, we see a clip of them where when they were famous like on TRL like back in the day uh in the early 2000s on MTV when they actually played music videos that kind of thing yes yes yeah um yeah we do and then busy phillips (laughs) at one point i will say because i already know how you feel uh busy phillips at one point is um uh when she hears from sarah that uh, they have a chance to basically do some kind of comeback and get a gig um sarah's like "Mm, i don't know and then um uh busy like slaps her and then she's like what are you saying and then she goes and she goes i'm she goes she goes i actually tried out for housewives like eight times and so (laughs) so her reaction to slapping her is her is basically like what she did for her audition to be a real housewife so i i actually think it, it's a fun concept the idea of a one-hit wonder from the 90s late 90s early 2000s trying to come back uh you know in a in a world where they are absolutely positively not relevant and trying to get to be relevant again and also to give you an idea what kind of music they uh were doing when they were when they did have their hit they had a song uh about being jailbait and um at one point their producer at the time is saying try to sound horny and so (laughs) that was the best line (laughs) terrible absolutely terrible (laughs) Uh, great role model for girls so the idea is not only do they want to have success but they want to now do it on their terms and not singing singing the same same kind of songs they were singing before well also it's when when you're a teenager singing a song about being jailbait you can't sing that same song when you're in your 30s so uh it'll be interesting or, or late 30s early 40s um so i actually think it's a very interesting premise um i do there's some funny people. Busy Phillips can't help but be funny. And yes. it's so fun to me to R- Renee Ellis Goldsberry. She's done an incredible, st- incredible stage work. She's won Tony's or at least a Tony. She's amazing. But to me, 
from the back in the day when she was on One Life to Live, I'm like, this woman needs to be a star. She needs to be a star. She needs to be starring in movies, needs to be starring in TV shows. So am I happy that she's on some Peacock thing? No. But she is a singer. She has a phenomenal voice. And yes. Sarah, uh, Sarah uh, uh, Bareilles is an actual, she is a singer. She's actually had hits. She's a singer-songwriter. Uh, she's very talented. So I think that she's written some of the songs that they actually sing in the show. It's going to be fun to see them singing together. Um it looks like it's going to be a fun summer kind of romp. And like, you know what? I think after watching something like uh, 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 the what we just what we just talked about, the Underground Railroad, I'm going to need some silly, uh, try to sound horny kinds of jokes after watching <laughs> after watching the Underground Railroad. I'm going to have to switch right over to, to something like Girls Five Ever. And the name, the idea is that they were going to be like, not we're not going to be friends forever and famous forever. We're going to be famous five ever. That which was a stupid idea. <laughs> that was that just that was dumb. I was trying to look for some kind of deeper meaning, but no, there's not. no, there's no deeper. It's uh, there are so many names. There are so many groups and bands that have stupid names like that. Well, perfect. What well, uh, remember Fifth Harmony? The uh, and then even after one of the girls left, they still wanted to call themselves Fifth Harmony. They didn't change the name, and then they they just kind of fell apart. I don't know maybe they're still around. So people that love Fifth Harmony, don't come at me. But yeah, some of these names just even when you name like when you add the girls or boys, like even Backstreet Boys, Spice Girls, you know, you're not going to be, quote unquote, a girl or boy forever. So boys to men. Again, you have not been boys for quite some time. So I just oh, Beach Boys as well. Stop. Don't. If you're ever if you're ever in a band, just this is a lesson from your Uncle Kevin. If you ask to join a band and the name girl or boy or Lil is in it? No. No. Don't do it. You've just made your career finite. <laughs> oh, and don't and if and, and they want to put a don't put a four, don't put a number in your name either. Don't put a four or whatever. Because if you have we're boys five or whatever. When one of the boys leave, they're just like no. Don't put numbers. Don't put girl or boy or Lil. <sighs> Unless your first name is Richard. Yeah, he was still Lil Richard. <laughs> <laughs> he was Lil Richard till the day he died. Yes, yes, he was. I guess we can forgive him, but you, you <laughs> but nobody else. So only he gets nope. to be Lil. <laughs> and he was actually Little, not Lil, uh, which yeah, always true. bugs me. <laughs> all right, I'm gonna spare you from talking about this any longer because I I feel like all of us know how you feel. But I'm gonna go ahead and ask the question anyway. You're stretching this out. Go ahead to let to, to end your to to put you out of your misery very quickly. So Tachi, when it comes to Peacock's Girls Five Ever, <laughs> will, will you watch it? Like you, I do like the concept of the show. I, I think, and, and this is the thing, 
it, it's not so far fetched because if you look at, for example, what's happened with the whole DJ D nice thing and the fact that he's playing a lot of older records and it is exposing them to a new generation of music lovers and listeners. So it's not far fetched that something like that could really happen. That somebody's music gets sampled and it's like, okay, so look what happened with, uh, I know the question is, will you watch it? But I need to add this. Look what happened with, uh, Stevie Nicks and, and, uh, Oh my God. Uh, that's a Steve, perfect uh, dreams. Dream, yeah, dreams from Fleetwood Mac turned into Fleetwood a huge Mac. thing because one huge person hit. did a TikTok video, um, mm -hmm. lip syncing to it while while drinking for some reason cranberry juice on a skateboard, and everybody that song skyrocketed and Fleetwood Mac's uh, uh streaming has never been higher. People doing covers, people discovering right. Fleetwood Mac and Stevie Nicks for the very first time that are like in their teens and stuff. Right. So anything can basically want your one YouTube or TikTok video away from all of a sudden being famous again or being relevant again. <laughs> exactly so that's why i like the premise of it because it that could happen to you know anybody who's had music out before and then a young person discovers it and especially like with tiktok in the age of tiktok absolutely so i love the premise of it am i going to love the writing and the and everything about it i don't know so i'll take a peek at it I will take a peek at the first episode to see how I feel about it before making a final verdict with it. So my, my thing is, will I watch it? Yeah. With one eye. I'm watching. All right. Well, eye. you know what? I, 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 yes. Bands and people's past music is uh, coming to light. I don't know if somebody ever samples my first album, Kevin can wait, then, you know, who knows, who knows? It might finally break and get the audience that it so richly deserves. And I think I can wait to hear that. Kevin, what say you when it comes to- There's some banging to... tracks on that album, Tachi. Thank you very but much. I, I'm sure, but I can wait. Uh, Available on Spotify. Oh, gosh. When it comes to Peacock's Girls 5 ever, can you- or will, <laughs> will you watch- Will you watch it? <laughs> First of all, you said it right because I was saying forever. No, it's not girls five. It's girls got girls five ever, and so I was even, yes, it's ever, not ever. It's ever. Yeah. Uh, so oh stupidity. <laughs> oh my god. So the, yeah, the stupider it gets, I have to say, the more I feel like with everything happening in the world and a me trying to watch uh, Amazon Prime's. <laughs> underground railroad i'm gonna need some super stupid stuff to help me keep going and this feels super stupid this is like this is like put your brain on pause and just kind of laugh at how stupid it is and i think the music is going to be fun and cute even the little jailbait song they were they were singing it was like oh that's kind of catchy though and so <laughs> that's a terrible song it was kind of catchy that's terrible ah, ah. And you know what? They did sound horny. But anyway, um, so. <laughs> so. So I guess that's a yes for you, sir. I will watch it. Oh my God. Okay, Tachi, before I pass out. <laughs> How can people? Yeah, take take a deep breath, please. How can they listen to our show other than how they're listening right now? 
If you are interested in listening to more TV channeling, either past episodes or upcoming episodes, we are on several, several platforms. You can listen on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, WJMSRadio.com. And if you can't remember any of that, oh, and WJMS, we're on live Tuesdays and Fridays at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific. If you can't remember any of that, simply go to our website, tvchanneling.com, and you can listen to past and current episodes. Also, we would love, if you're listening on one of these fantastic podcasting platforms, we would love for you to subscribe and also leave us a review. It helps us out and it helps you out because you get all the episodes as soon as they drop. Why would you not subscribe? That's an excellent point. There's nothing to (laughs) lose. It's absolutely free and you lose nothing. You lose nothing for being a subscriber. Absolutely. Absolutely. So if you decide that you want to partake in Girls 5 Eva with Kevin as a fun romp, how can they reach us on social to watch with you? Oh my God. There's there's so many ways to reach out to us. So you can reach out to us on Facebook. You can reach out to us on Instagram. You can reach out to us on my personal favorite Twitter. We are TV channeling everywhere. And now you can also follow us, you know, you know where? On Clubhouse. Yeah. TV channeling is on Clubhouse. So follow hey. us on Clubhouse. Also follow Tachi and follow me. I'm at Big Man Out on Clubhouse. And Tachi, your Dr. Underscore Tachi. All right. So please join us on Clubhouse and we can talk live. Yeah. You could give us all the the hatred you like in person. In person. So. <laughs> yeah. Don't don't save that scorn uh for social media. You could actually talk to us directly about how much you don't like what we said about it. We are one of your favorite shows. You can convey your scorn live. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> it's a real self that, selling feature. Exactly. That about does thank you Clubhouse. That about does it for us. We so enjoyed being here to speak with you all today and we hope you enjoyed listening because it's because of you that we even do any of this. And so we won't take any more of your precious time. We'll let you get back to what you were doing before you started listening to us. And we'll sign off the way we always do. Bye from Tachi. And goodbye from Kevin. And remember, we watch bad TV so you don't have to. And and uh, this this show I think is going to be some bad TV girls five ever but you know what it'll be fun whatever cheers (laughs) we will love you forever no five ever (laughs) bye bye even worse (laughs) 